Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go. So, uh, you know, last week we started our Advent series. We talked about hope and faith. And uh, this week is week two. So if, obviously if we had the Advent wreath, we light the second candle. But um, we said it last week, and we'll say it, I'll start it with this week. But week two, candle two, it represents peace. Somebody say peace. peace. So the three practices of Advent are waiting with expectancy, hopeful anticipation, and then joyful preparation. We said it last week, waiting with expectancy, hopeful anticipation, and then joyful preparation. These are the things that we are to do while we are on the in-between of Thanksgiving and Christmas. This is, what we are, this is what we're doing. So today we're going to talk about peace. In Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14 is what I'm going to read today out of the Passion Translation. <clears throat> Verse 8 says, That night in a field near Bethlehem there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly... Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God, and the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard, and it is for, uh, it is for everyone everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. <clears throat> You will recognize him by this miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth, strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Then all at once, a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven, and they all praised God, singing, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. Hallelujah. Somebody say peace. Now, most of us, we've heard this story before, especially this time of year, um, but at the end of the day, the, um, the gospel was never meant to be a yearly exploration. What I mean by that is this story isn't meant for us just to, oh, we bring it out, we only read Luke chapter 2, or we only read about the birth of Christ and Matthew or Mark or Luke. We only read about these things around Christmas time. Uh, no, when, when it was penned, when these scriptures were wrote, it was never meant for us to only seek it one time a year. It was never meant for us to only read it one time a year, but it's meant for us to, to digest it weekly, maybe even daily. But understand this. Verse 14, I want to spotlight verse 14. Um, literally, it says, The angel of the Lord said, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. Uh, one translation says, Peace on earth. So peace on earth is it's a line that we com- commonly use during this time of year. You know, if you look in the King James translation, you know, the angel says, Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Or when we sing Christmas songs, there are certain lines that say, Peace on earth. Uh, peace on earth. And whenever we hear, if you're like me, whenever you hear that, that line, peace on earth, you think Christmas instantly. But that line right there, peace on earth, it's not talking about uh, tranquility or merely the absence of animosity between people. It's not talking about that quiet peace, that oh, peace on earth, that mm-hmm, 
it's not talking about that. What literally the angels talk about is peace on earth. It is a dedication of the coming in of hostilities between a holy God and a sinful humanity through the atoning work of the Messiah. Woo, that's a mouthful. So let me break it down. So when the angel said, peace on earth is coming, he's not talking about the, the quiet, the, I just, you know, you tell your kids, you, you tell your kids, mommy's going to the bathroom, daddy's going to the bathroom, you lock the door, you just get some peace and quiet. Uh, all the parents, you can say amen. But, you know, the, the angel ain't talking about that kind of peace. Or when you're at work, you're like, I need to take a bathroom break. You go, you go lock the bathroom door, you just like, Jesus, these kids. Jesus' boss, I just need this peace and quiet. You know, you and, you know, I, uh, the, I don't know what your restaurants look like at work, but maybe a mop room beside there or something, you're just staring at that mop room like, you understand me. You understand, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. The angel of the Lord ain't talking about that kind of peace. All right. What the angel of the Lord is talking about when he says peace on earth is, or peace is coming to the earth, he is saying the, the, uh, the hostility between God, a holy God, and a sinful humanity. He's talking about the gap. The space in between God and man is coming to an end. It's coming to an end, and it was coming to an end through, uh, through the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus, the atonement of Jesus, what Jesus does for our sins, how Jesus took our sins, pay that price. That's what the angel was saying when he said, peace on earth is coming. He's saying, peace on earth is coming. The distance between you and God is about to be no more because of what Jesus is going to do on the cross. See, peace in this context, one of the definitions is harmonized relationship between God and men accomplished through the gospel. In that scripture, in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, that word peace, it means a harmonized relationship. See, I, 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 I love that word harmonized. I love harmony. One of my favorite groups, one of my favorite, 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 one of my favorite groups. Now, I said one of them, so that means I like other ones. All right, before, before, you, before you cast your stones or before you put me to one of my favorite groups is Boys to Men, and I say it with my chest. And the reason I like Boys to Men is because, I vent, let me say vintage, you know, now that they've gotten older, you know, it's, it's, it, they're still good, but it's not like, they, they can still slay, but there's, there's a couple times I'm just like, ah, you know, you know, yeah, maybe a little bit under, but still. I, I like me some boys and men. Why? Because spent acapella. Mm-mm-mm. Uh-uh-uh. Mama, there go them group. You know, there goes that group. They can sing, they can sing, they can sing. And the harmonies on them. But literally what a harmony is, a harmony is a sound. Watch this. Harmony is a sound that attaches to the melody to make a beautiful sound. So all it is, it's, a, it's an ingredient to the recipe for something to become beautiful. That's all it is. So when, uh, when the angel said that peace is coming, he's saying there's going to be an attachment that's going, to add, that's going to add to the life that you live to make it a beautiful and pleasing aroma, a pleasing sound toward, uh, towards heaven, a pleasing worship. We said uh, two weeks ago that worship was closeness with God. But peace in that context is harmonized relationship between God and man accomplished through Jesus. Here I want to read Luke chapter 2, verse 14. I want to read it in the mirror translation. I read this earlier this week, and uh, me and Kelsey was going somewhere, and I couldn't stop saying, oh, we was going to eat Chinese, and I couldn't stop thinking about this scripture. In chapter 2, verse 14, listen to what it says in the mirror translation. God's highest and grandest intention in the heavens is dovetailed upon earth in unbroken incarnate oneness. In being human, he exhibits his delight with mankind. God's highest and grandest intention, his whole purpose, his one job, his main job, when he sent Jesus on the earth was to 
become one with us. Become one with us, watch this, by living in us. That word incarnate oneness. I, I couldn't stop. We're, we're at the Chinese restaurant. I'm eating and I keep thinking about incarnate oneness, incarnate oneness, incarnate oneness. What that means is literally God's whole job, his main focus was to become one with you by living in you. To become one with us by living with us, by living in us. And he did that through the atonement, through his son Jesus. But imagine like God, God, uh, who can do anything? My imagination, when I think about God, sometimes my imagination, like Kellen and Keenan, kids in, God can do anything. He can spin the earth on his finger like a round ball. He can do all these different things. He can, I mean, the Bible says that the, the heaven is, uh, the, the earth is his uh, footstool. Literally, the earth, he just, he just kicks back and relax. He can, he's God. He's God. He wants for nothing. He can create anything he wanted to. And still, the Bible says that his focus, his desire is to be one with us. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a flawed individual. I'm a quirky guy. I desire and much need. Some people will debate it. I do not debate it. I agree with it. But I need coffee in the mornings. (laughs) You ain't supposed to say amen. (laughs) Or I prefer certain meats. Or I don't like certain foods because they don't taste good. And I don't care how much seasoning you add or how you convince me or trick me. I don't like them. At the end of the day, I am me. And at the end of the day, God desires to be one with me. Despite all my flaws, despite all the hills, despite all the valleys, despite, watch this, despite what I can't bring to the table. We as human beings, a lot of times we beat ourselves up for what we can't bring to the table, what we can't do. All the, the, we, we, set these, we set these immeasurable standards for ourselves based off of comparison. We set these, these goals and these lofty goals for ourselves based off of, well, so-and-so did this, so I want to be able to do it that way. Or, you know, I, growing up, we had to do it this way, so I, I promise I'll never do it that way. We compare, ourse- we compare ourselves to death. This ain't in the notes you're getting that for free. We compare ourselves to death. Did you know that we compare ourselves to, to stress? We compare ourselves to a headache. We compare ourselves to a migraine. We compare ourselves to high blood pressure. We compare ourselves to death if we're not careful. God's biggest desire is to just be one with us by living in us. Romans chapter 5, if you don't mind, turn there, uh, you know, still staying in that, in that vein. Romans chapter 5 in the Passion Translation, verse 1. I'm only going to read verse 1 because it goes along with this. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Paul says this. He says, our faith in Jesus, our firm persuasion. Remember, we said faith, firm persuasion in who he said he is and that he's always going to be on your side. Our faith, our firm persuasion in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. That word righteousness just means right standing. So that means that when God looks at you, guess what? You good. You good. The slate's been cleared. The slate has been cleared. Somebody say the slate has been cleared. I don't care what yesterday looked like. I don't care what it said. I don't care what the people said about you in school. I don't care what the former boss said. I don't care what the bank account says. You are, if you've accepted Jesus, you are the righteousness of God. If you've made him Lord of your life, you are in right standing with him. If you have made him Lord of your life, guess what? You can stand before the throne of judgment and he looks at you and say, come on into heaven. Why? Because you are in right standing with God because of what he's done. We are good. Somebody say, I'm good. good. Say it with your chest. I'm good. We need to start saying that about ourselves because so many times we allow the devil to beat us up. 
We let him beat us up so much. Why? Because he knows he can't. He takes the, the smallest insecurities and just starts driving them in. But no, no, no. We need to start looking in the mirror and say, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Not because of what I do. Not because of what I know, but because of who I know. Mm. Because of who I'm one with. Because of who I'm one with. See, you know, once me and Kelsey became one, you know, I, I started getting different perks uh, being in the family. You know, like, oh, uh, her mom would cook all these different things. Still does. There's all these different little treats. I remember in the very beginning, whoo, buddy, she would load me up on all these treats. But guess what? Before I knew Kelsey, she wouldn't make those for me. We didn't know each other. We weren't, we, we, we weren't pursuing each other. But once we got to know each other and once we became one, once we got married and became one, guess what? Every benefit that she got, I got. We become one with Jesus. We become one with Jesus. So how the father sees Jesus, he sees you. What the father is willing to do for Jesus, uh, what the father is willing to do for his son, he's willing to do for you. We are seated in heavenly places. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are one with God. And this is why we can have peace. Not because of how many songs we sing, not because if we have a full church or a, a almost full church, not because we have kids or no kids, not because we're in a relationship or single, not because we have a high IQ or a low. No, no, no. We are one with God. And because of him being one with us, we get to have peace. We get to have peace. We have, you have the right to have peace. If, you're, you, if you are not experiencing peace, you need to claim it. You need to take it. You need to take it. You need to say, no, 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 body. Jesus, Jesus did a lot for me on the cross and now sits at the right hand of the Father. Peace is mine. I speak peace over my, over my mind right now. I speak peace over this situation right now. I'm at work. I speak peace over the situation right now. I speak peace over these people. I speak peace over these kids. I speak peace over that one employee or I speak peace over that one boss. Take it. This ain't in the notes, so you're welcome. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. If you put it back up there, sorry. I got off. I got off. All right. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us flawless. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. You, you see that? He declares us flawless in his eyes. We can go home right now. The word just said it. I'm going to read that one more time because it's so good. I didn't write this. This is, this is Paul. Our faith in Jesus transfer our firm persuasion in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. And now he declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting what? Peace, peace with God. We can enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. One translation says, verse 1, it says, because of what Jesus did, we have harmony with God. Harmony. Because of what he did, we have harmony with God. We have, and harmony is that sound that, that attaches to the melody and produces a pleasing, sweet sound to the ear. A pleasing, sweet sound to the ear. Guess what? Your existence, it's a pleasing, sweet sound to God. a pleasing sweet sound to God your existence doesn't matter what it looks like doesn't matter what it sounds like doesn't matter who said what you your existence is a pleasing sound to God God is pleased with you amen, amen. 
So peace on earth, it's a harmonized relationship between you and God through his son, Jesus. When the angel says there's peace on earth, there's peace coming on the earth. Literally, he's saying that uh, we will now have the opportunity to have a harmonized relationship with God through Jesus. See, the Jews in this day, the Jews, they were they were upset because they were expecting uh, they were expecting the savior of the whole world to be different than what Jesus looked like especially the zealots. They were expecting Jesus to come, to come. I, I remember I used to work in the hospital with this one dude, and uh, he, um, uh, we'll call him, we, I would always say he was saved-ish. Uh, the ish, uh, more focused on the ish than, you know, because he, he knew the Bible. Uh, it's just a question of, like, motives and all that. But I remember uh, anytime somebody would talk about Jesus, he'd perk up, and he, uh, he would always quote Revelation, and he would misquote the mess out of this thing. And, you know, Jesus come back on a white horse to open up a can of whoop. I was like, oh, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> I don't know what scripture you read that in, bro. Uh, yeah, the vernacular is a little bit different. Uh, okay, but uh, anytime uh, I always, when I hear the word zealots, I think about him or even on the chosen, uh, one of the zealots that was in Jesus' group. But the zealots, they, they thought the savior of the whole world was going to come and overthrow the Roman government overthrow all the oppression and make up for all the all the uh, the tyranny and the and the oppression that was done to the nation of Israel over the years but guess what Abba had a different plan Abba had something different in mind see they thought that Jesus was going to come and bring peace in a violent way they thought Jesus was going to come and destroy the Roman Empire and it's so funny because uh, I've never thought about it, but that's very similar to the groups of people today. We expect God to come, uh, maybe not we as this, but I'm talking about as Americans, we expect God. There are some Americans that expect God to come and restore the U.S. government. There are some that come to expect God to restore the U.S. government. And, I, and the Lord dropped this in my, in my spirit this morning. The only, the only kingdom that God is coming to restore is his kingdom on earth. I know, I, know there, I know there's people that would hate to hear that, but at the end of the day, I, I don't like the fact that they took prayer out of schools. I don't like the fact that they teach all these different things. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because the only kingdom that, God, that is God's agenda is his kingdom. The only kingdom that he's worried about building on, and not even really worried, but that he's actually working towards building on the earth is his kingdom. So that means that no matter how corrupt government gets, no matter how dark life gets, we focus on what? The kingdom of God. And making sure that, okay, we're doing what we're supposed to do. We're, we're following his instructions. We're being obedient. Amen? Amen. The only kingdom that he's, that he's concerned about restoring is his kingdom on the earth. Somebody say peace. peace. So understand this. Yahweh brings us peace in several ways. Now, because of time, we're not going to get into all of it. But I'm going to list just a few ways that Yahweh brings peace. Not your way, Yahweh. I couldn't help it. I just wanted to. Anytime I see Yahweh, I think, not your way, Yahweh. Hey, hey. <laughs> Nobody asked for the peanut gallery back there. Not your Somebody say, not my way. Not my way. Yahweh. 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 Yahweh is Jesus. Amen. So Yahweh brings us peace in several ways. Number one, the harmonized relationship between God and man. We said that earlier, but I'm going to say it again. The harmonized relationship between God and man. The next one is inner peace. Inner peace. John 14, 27. You have to turn there. I'm just going to give you these scriptures, and you can read them on your own if you want. John chapter 14, 20, verse 27. Number three, peace with others because we are all one in Christ. Galatians 3, 28. 
Lindsay, why are you giving me these scriptures? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. Another way he brings us peace, shalom. Shalom. Shalom is a, it means whole or sound or one of the newer definitions, reconciliation of all things to God through the work of Christ. Colossians 1, 19 through 20. Shalom. Shalom. If you ever seen Pitch Perfect, you know where that's from. <laughs> Another way is the peace that Jesus gives encourages us to trust in God completely. Another way is the peace that he gives. It encourages us to trust him completely. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Proverbs 3, verse 5. So I said some ways that God brings us peace or Yahweh brings us peace. The harmonized relationship between God and man, which is incarnate oneness. It's, it's us becoming one with God by him living in us. Inner peace. Peace with others because we're one in Jesus. Shalom. And his peace encourages us to trust in God completely. See, during the season and every season, until we are reunited with Christ, we are to wait and trust in the Lord completely. We are to wait and trust in the Lord completely. And we are to not rely on others' opinions. Proverbs 3, 5 says literally, wait and trust in the Lord. Do not rely on yourself or others. Trust in him. Trust in him. So for every season, not just Advent, not just the new year, you know, uh, everybody always, as soon as January starts, I'm going to work out, and I'm probably in that boat because I really want to get there. But everybody's like, I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to stop watching TV. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop tying my shoes. I don't know. Like, we all make up these weird things. We're going to stop doing these different things. And we have, we have the heart. We're like, we, we have good intentions, but by January 15, January 16, after MLK Day, everybody's like, you know what? I just need to celebrate MLK. Let me just get this red velvet cake in. You know, let me just, you know, we all, we all do these things. And let's you know, those, those good intentions just become good memories that are on the shelf. You know, but when it comes to trusting in the Lord, that's not something that you want to put on the shelf. That's not something you just want to start in January. We want to start it now. If you haven't already, I want to, we want to start trusting in God now. And it's not something that you have to put on your bumper sticker on, on your car that says, I trust in Jesus. You know, he is my co-pilot or, you know, I'm I'm the co-pilot. He's the pot. You, you ain't got to do all that. I'm not. That's not what trust in Jesus looks like. Trust in Jesus looks like when you don't know how it's going to get how the way is going to be made. You don't you don't put your hands to the plow trying to work it up. You don't you don't try to go borrow this or go do that. No, no, no. You just say, OK, God, this is this is the situation that's happened to us several times especially living down there in Florida or even with the job. I've been like, God, this is the situation. This is. This is this is what's going on. I need you. I need you to handle it. That's what trusting God looks like. You're just saying, God, I need you to take care of this, and being honest. And then watch. And here's the biggest part about trust. You gotta step back. You gotta step back. You gotta step away from it, and say, Okay, God, I, I left it there. You can't go back. You can't go back and check on it. As Christians, we love to check on the prayer request. You know, make a prayer request. Couple weeks, hey God, you remember? Just check it on how you doing. You know, how's that way? Is that way almost being made? You know, 
Oh, about a couple minutes, more minutes on the microwave? Okay, okay, I'm going to check back. I'm going to check back in about 30 seconds, you know. We love to check, especially the seeds we sow. God, hey, 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 Father, Abba, Abba, I belong to you. Lord, you know, since I'm worshiping while I'm here, you know, I just uh, just want to check on that uh, that seed that was sown, you know. Uh, how's, it, how's it looking? You know, has it come through the dirt yet? You know, like, uh, you know, money's getting tight, Lord. You know, is that tree coming? Like, oh, is that fruit? Oh, is it, is it going to be oranges or cher- like, Lord, what is, what is it? We, we love to check on God. We love to check on God. Like, Lord, you know, I, I don't know if you saw, but I read, uh, I read the whole book of Proverbs. Read it in, read it in two days, God. So, uh, yeah, since, since we're talking, you know, yeah, we all laugh, but you know, some of y'all probably said these different things before. Maybe not exactly, but you understand we all love to check on what we've done for God and, and hope that it's going to jimmy him to be like, you know what? I did see you read Proverbs. Here you go. Blessing. Or here you go. Thunder on the boss. Or I don't know, whatever it is. <laughs> on the boss. You know, because, you know, if you pray. So, if you pray about the boss. Oh, yeah, you might get that car. That's, that's a, shoo. It is a big, <laughs> it's a big ask. But understand this, at the end of the day, we have to trust in the Lord completely and not rely on our opinions or the opinions of others or the opinions of others. Amen. Amen. So, this week, waiting with expectancy. By continuing to do the last thing the Lord directed you to do. We said in Advent, Advent, we're practicing three things. Waiting with expectancy, hopeful anticipation, and joyful anticipation. So how do, we, how do we incorporate peace into all that? So this week, we're going to have peace with God. We already have peace with God. But we're going to wait in that peace. We're going to wait by continuing to do the very last thing that the Lord told you to do. What's the, what's the last thing the Lord told you to do? You keep doing that until he tells you something else. You know, at work, we keep, we keep doing whatever the boss has told us to do until two things. One, until the boss tells us something different or until it's time to go. The same goes for God. We keep doing, if God told you to keep praying for somebody, then you keep praying for them. You do not stop praying for them. God told you to keep being respectful, keep loving, keep showing up. Whatever God told you to do, continue to do that until he says otherwise. Because watch this. In Advent, the whole, the, one of the premises is we focus and prepare our hearts and minds in case he were to come back, like, on Christmas. But what if the Lord came back tomorrow and you were continuing to do the very last thing he told you to do? You know what that would mean? It would mean that he would find you, not, not sitting on the couch, not laying, he would find you, doing the very last thing that he told you to do. You would be caught obeying him. That's why, that's why it's so important to continue to do whatever the Lord told you to do until he says otherwise. Why? Because, oh, what an honor to be caught in obedience. What an honor. See, we, we, we see in the book of Acts, the one time that, that Yahweh stands up from the throne is when he sees Stephen, when he catches Stephen doing the very last thing that Stephen was supposed to do, which is ministering and reflecting the glory of God. And we see in the book of Acts, Yahweh is standing up clapping and cheering. What an honor to be caught in obedience. Amen. If you don't get anything, anything today, what an honor. Start preparing yourself. Start saying, okay, God, what, well, if you don't know, God, what's the last thing you told me to do? I want to be caught doing that. I want to be, I want to be found doing that. 
One of my one of my favorite uh, quotes from Martin Luther King. He says, "If if you are a street sweeper, if you if you if you sweep the streets, if you've been called to sweep the streets, or if that's your job, sweep the streets in such a way that all of heaven will stand up and say uh, at the end of your life, here lies a great street sweeper. Here lies somebody who fulfilled his purpose. Be caught fulfilling your purpose. Be caught in obedience." The only way you can be called fulfilling your purpose is knowing your purpose. The only way you're going to know your purpose is if you're spending time with God, if you're seeking his presence, if you're seeking his word, if you're reading the word. I'm not saying you've got to read an hour, two hours. Three. It, could, it could be five minutes. God, it, it, could be, it, it could be 50 minutes, an hour, whatever. Be caught seeking him. Seek him, seek him, seek him. So wait with expectancy by continuing to do the last thing the Lord directed you to do. With hope, uh, we said uh, hopeful anticipation, with hope from what was said today, anticipate or expect his peace to enable you to trust him. How we have that hopeful anticipation is we, it's, we, uh, we allow his peace to encourage us to trust him more. We allow his peace by what you've learned today, we allow it to encourage us to trust him more, to love him more, to rely on him more. And I'm going to close with this. We joyfully prepare, joyfully prepare your hearts by doing what Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says. If you don't mind, Kelsey, if you don't mind to pull it up. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 in the New Living Translation. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. If not, we'll pull it up on the screen. But joyfully prepare our hearts by doing what Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. So remember we said, waiting with expectancy by doing the last thing the Lord told you to do. Have hopeful anticipation by allowing his peace to encourage you and enable you and to trust you. And joyfully prepare our hearts by, we're going to prepare our hearts with joy, with gratitude, by what, uh, by what Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 4. <clears throat> New living, yes ma'am. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. I'm going to go to verse, all the way to verse 9. Then you will experience God's peace. Uh, if you go back, go back. One, one, sorry, thank you. Watch this, watch this. Don't worry about anything. That's instruction number one. Instead, pray about everything. Instruction number two. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. And watch this. Then you will experience God's peace. So you experience God's peace by not worrying, talking to myself. The opposite of worryation is peace. So watch this. The moment we stop stressing, the moment we stop worrying, that blood pressure is going to come down and we're going to experience God's peace. Which exceed anything we can understand, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise keep putting it into practice somebody say keep putting it into practice all that you have learned and received from me everything you've heard from me and saw me doing then the god of peace will be with who it's going to be with you we prepare, we joyfully prepare our hearts and minds by focusing on his word, by doing his word, by letting go of things. And that's hard. 
That is hard. I'm pretty sure we can all go around the room about a, a, a moment in our life where somebody's done us wrong, somebody's done us dirty, unfair treatment. But guess what? You got to let it go. Even if it's questions you don't understand from God, we have to let it go. But the, the, the verses explain themselves. But Paul gave the disclaimer, when you do these things, God's peace will kick in and you won't be able to explain that with human reasoning. When we let go of these things, guess what? The peace that surpasses all understanding. What that phrase means, surpasses all understanding. It just means you can't explain it. This peace that comes over you, this peace that comes out of you, or this peace that comes through you. When all chaos is going on, people are like, man, why aren't you upset? I can't explain it, but I'm not. Man, why ain't you getting mad? Why ain't you cussing them out? Or why ain't you, why ain't you going to, you know, I, I, can't, I can't explain it. It's just, it's, it, this has got to be God. You ever have those moments where you can't really explain it? All you know is this, this just has to be the hand of God in my life. This just has to be God working. This just has to be God providing when I didn't know that uh, the, the way it was going to be. This, it's just God. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace that can't be explained by human reasoning. And when we let go of these things, when we, when we just lay them aside, when we just, okay, God, I, I'm, I'm going to stop checking in on you. I'm going I'm to stop. I, 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 I'm going to remove I out of the equation and just focus on you. Not my way, but Yahweh. Lord, I'm just going to focus on you. So many times we want an explanation when really we should just trust the Lord. So many times we want an explanation, but really we should just trust that God knows what he's doing. That's what true peace looks like. Trusting and knowing, you know what, I can't see God, can't feel him, can't touch him, can't smell him. But I know that, I know he knows what he's doing. I know he knows what he's doing. That's what true peace looks like. That's what, that, that's what we are called to do in this season, in every season of our life. Until we are reunited with him. Every day we have to trust them. Every day we should be trusting them. Lindsay, these are no-brainers. I know I have to trust them. But we need to, every day, uh, every, every day you know you need water. Every day you know that you need this. Every day you know you need that. And what? You do it. You eat it. You consume it. Same goes with trusting Jesus. We know we need to trust him. Well, guess what? We need to trust him. We need to, we need to continue to do the very last thing he told us to do. Even if it goes against our flesh, if he told you to continue to wait on the significant other, you got to wait. If he told you to pursue, then pursue. If he told you to, to stay at that job, then stay at that job. If he told you to do this, I remember uh, we was down there in Florida and the Lord told me to do something. I was like, nah. And looking back, I wish we would have. But I'm like, nah, God, I, I got this. I got this. And fortunately, the way it was made. But still, I'm like, what would have happened if I trusted? Well, we, I'm pretty sure we can think of all the times where we ventured out our own just for a little bit. Like, ah, you know, God, it's, I, I got this. You, God, you, you just backed me up from back there. You just backed me up from heaven. I got this. But what would have happened if we just trust and know that, okay, God, I know there's, I, know, I can't see what you're doing behind the curtain, but I know you're working. I mean, that's the, that's, that's the, the main, that's the, uh, the secret juice of the song. You know, even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You know, that's, that's us. Even when we can't see it, even when we can't feel it, I know you're working. I know you're moving. I know you're, I know you're not going to leave me alone. 
I know you're not going to leave me alone. And because that's true, that should give us peace. That should give us peace. That should give us peace. You think about it. The Lord told me this when I was preparing this week. The shepherds, when we read in Luke chapter 2, it never said that, uh, you know, the angel was speaking to the shepherds and the shepherds were like, started asking questions like, are you sure? So God's a baby now? What? Peace on earth. We're going to have harmony with God through a baby in a feeding trough. Now, do y'all hear that? The angel said it was in a feeding trough. Bruh, God, come on. God ain't about to be born in no feeding trough. Bruh, let's get back to these sheep. You never hear, you never, we never read that the shepherds do that. It's so awesome. The shepherds are given a word from the Lord. And to confirm if it's true or not, they follow the word. Is what the angel said true? Let's go see. Let's go see. What has God told you? Let's go see. What has God promised you? Let's go see. You're going to see it by seeking. The shepherds, they sought the Lord. And guess what? The confirmation of the promise was true. What would be confirmed in your life if you sought the Lord? Think of all the promises that will be confirmed when you seek him. When you, when you really taste and see, oh man, God, you were right all along. You, Lord, you, you, you've been doing this this whole time. One of, my, one of the songs I like by an artist that is one of my favorites. There, I use that word favorite. He has this song that says, uh, it's all this time it's been you. And literally the chorus, all it is, all this time it's been you. And he begins to sing about his life from the time he was, before he was born, about different grandparents and all these different things and how it led to him. And then the chorus simply says, all this time it's been you. All the, all the, all the ways that have been made, all the things that have been blocked and prevented, all this time it's been the Lord. All this time it's been the Lord. We, we, we think, oh, it's because I turned down this road or oh, because I avoided this or I said no to this person. Yeah, but you know, who was, who was behind the curtain making sure that all those things were lining up into place. God, Yahweh, Yahweh, why? Because his desire is to be one with us by living in us. I know this is a simple message, but it's something that we need to take to heart because at the end of the day, there is, we live in a crazy, dark world that is only getting darker, that is only getting crazier, that is only getting more untrustworthy. And when we say world, we think the, the grand world, but I'm talking, I'm talking about here in, in town. Even the different things that I'm witnessing in town, it's getting darker and darker, crazier and crazier. And guess what? As it gets, we said it last week, as the world grows darker and darker, we get closer and closer to God's kingdom being restored on the earth. Therefore, we should, we should hold on to that. We should have hope. Doesn't mean we sit with we sit on our hands or we or we bury our head in the sand and wait for God to come back. No, no, no. It means that we take action. It means that we intentionally say, "Okay, God, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to turn my TV off and seek you, or I'm not going to listen to what the news say. I'm going to trust what your word says. Or better yet, Lord, I haven't heard you in a while. Let's. I'm, I'm gonna give you the. I'm gonna give you the next hour so I can. I'm gonna shut everything off so I can hear you. Why? Because I need to. God, because I need to. Lord, what was the last thing you told me to do? I can't remember. Lord, tell me again so I can do it. Because I want to be caught in obedience. God, there's, I, I just need you, Lord. 
We need that type of drive. We need that type of passion. Why? Because that type of drive and that type of passion was nailed to a cross. For you and me, we didn't have to ask him. He did it anyway. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father. He could put his feet up and could relax. No, but the Bible says that he intercedes for us daily. That means he doesn't let up. That means he doesn't forget about you. That means that there's, watch this, there's no second. There's no millisecond. There's no nano of a second that he's not thinking about you. There's no nano of a second that he's not concerned about what concerns you. That's why the devil loves to make us feel alone because guess what? The opposite is true. We are not, we never were. We never were alone. We never were alone. We never were. No matter who leaves, you're not alone. No matter who comes or goes, you're not alone. No matter who says what, you're not alone. Why? Because he's one with us by living in us. He is one with us by living in us. Jesus, thank you so much, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your peace. Lord, thank you for your peace. Lord, thank you that we are in harmony with you, Lord. There's nothing that separates from your love. There's nothing that separates from your peace, from your grace, from your provision, from your favor, Lord. Lord, no wonder why you sing songs and melodies about us, Lord. Because you desire to be with us through us, Lord. You desire to be one with us by living in us. Lord, thank you for that, that great, that great miracle that we are one with you, Lord. Lord, some days it don't feel like it. Some days are harder than the others. Lord, some days are uh, people come, people go, Lord. All the man-made expectations, Lord. But Lord, what is true, that is true, which is you are one with us by living in us. And Lord, that gives us peace. That gives us peace, Lord. That gives us peace, Lord. Lord, during the season, Lord, during these next few weeks, as we build up to uh, the day that we celebrate you being born, Lord, block every uh, temptation of consumerism. Block every temptation of, of us comparing ourselves or comparing what we're able to give or do. Lord, just block all comparison, Lord. Lord, anything and everything that's unhealthy for us spiritually and mentally so, remove it, Lord. Raise the standard up against it, Holy Spirit. Why, Lord? Because our goal, Lord, we just want you. Lord, we know that you can make us better human beings. You can make us better employees, better fathers, better mothers, better daughters, better sons, better spouse, Lord. Lord, you make our lives, you fulfill our lives, you satisfy us, Lord. You satisfy us, Lord. You are our great redeemer, glorious savior, and our upholder. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, everybody said, everybody said.